Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs, talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. In this episode, I interviewed a standout receiver from Towson University who holds the record for most receptions in school history. This guest had a few NFL and CFL opportunities after his college career, but ultimately when they didn't fall through, he stumbled upon a new passion that he never thought he would get into. This guest found his happiness and purpose by being grateful for what he has, as well as leaning into what he loves to do. Without further ado, here's episode 18. Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shaw, and we're extremely have it, lucky to have an awesome guest, Marcus Lee. Marcus is located in Bethesda, Maryland, and he's the founder of Pure Fire Yoga. Marcus, how are you doing today? Dude, feeling good. Feeling good. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. I'm glad to have you. Awesome. Um, if you don't mind, Marcus, just give our audience a little background about yourself before we get started here. Sure. Um, well, local kid uh, in the DMV area, grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, went to high school in St. John's, or at St. John's, excuse me in Washington, D.C. Dude, as a kid, I was super active. Like, I was always outside, played sports. Um, I happened to always be the bigger kid in all my teams, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, thankfully translated into me being a really good player on the field. I got a chance to play with a lot of cool people growing up who I considered, like, uh, like superstars, like, just like local kids who I thought were really cool. Played at football at St. John's College High School in D.C. Got a scholarship to play at a smaller Division I school, Towson University up in Baltimore, which is really cool. Um, and to be honest, that, you know, shout out Towson. That was, that was my last choice school. And they showed me so much love. And I loved the campus. I loved, you know, well, I actually loved their offense, too, because they were a passing offense. Mm-hmm. I was a wide receiver. So I was like, shoot, let's do it. Um, had so much fun there. And... Uh, I was on a five-year plan, got registered in my first year, but that wasn't my plan. Um, and I'm happy to go into that, uh, into that more in detail if you'd like. Um, but essentially, five-year plan uh, transitioned into uh, having a pretty decent shot at making it pro. Went to a couple of tryouts, got invited to try out for the Redskins and work out for a couple of the NFL teams and CFL teams as well. Nobody picked me up, and I went and really just – my world got turned into a 360. So uh, pursued this yoga thing, and 10 plus years later, here I am, man. Like, it, I, if you would have asked me if I was going to be, you know, one practicing yoga or even teaching yoga for this long, you'd, I'd say you're crazy. Let alone own a young, own a yoga studio. So I'm um, really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And let's dive into whatever you want to dive into. Yeah, for sure. How about this? So start. So start talking about. Um, I guess I guess you're the the Towson life first. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like, all right, so you, you register your first year, and, and for people that don't know what that means, basically as a freshman, you come in and you don't play. You pretty much are you're on the practice team, and typically you're on scout team running the next opposing team's offense or defense, depending on your position. But I guess just talk about your experience, specifically at Towson, and kind of through the years and your development and growth as a player and person. Sure. No, like, you know, what was really cool about Towson is you know, not only the love that I got from the coaching staff and the love uh, that I got from the team as well. Um, I really felt welcome on campus. And, you know, to be honest, my, my plan was to play my first two years at Towson and transfer up to North Carolina state. So NC state, mm-hmm. I, my family lived down there. I wanted to be part of the Wolfpack. You know, there was something about, you know, North Carolina that I absolutely love. 
And, um, you know, I didn't want to waste a year transferring up. So when you transfer, you'd have to sit out a year, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, no, no, no. let me just play two years at Towson. Try to transfer, use my redshirt year at NC State and then play two years at NC State. That did not happen at all. The moment I got on campus uh, and, uh, and, you know, acclimated to the football program they registered me and i was like oh. <laughs> i'm not sure if i'm able to curse on this podcast but I was no like, you're oh, fine you're man. fine um so i was like so i literally it's had a conversation with myself i remember one of the one of the practices it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna be here five years and i'm gonna be registered in my first year i'm gonna be the best receiver to ever come out of this school like that's my goal and you know, started looking into what's that measure. So, what do I need to do to become number one in the school? And essentially, it's it's receptions. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna just do that. I'm just gonna break the record, be number one. I'll be happy with that. And so my freshman freshman year, like I just took it on to just study the entire playbook, all the positions, all like slot, you know, slot yeah. wide, like all of them, quarter, like I all of them, and um, and study the defenses all the schemes, all of them, like our, our schools. Right. So when I would go to practice and I, and I would, you know, go against their number ones and all that stuff, I would just know what they're doing and um, kind of stood out and made plays myself. So study, and it actually went beyond like studying the defense and studying the schemes. It's study, studying the current players, like studying like the, the, the seniors, studying yeah. the juniors, their weaknesses. I would be, towards the middle and the back of the line you're familiar with this when we go with go in drills yeah yep. and all the things that the older guys would be doing wrong and be getting feedback then i would just wouldn't do so by the time i was up it was like flawless essentially um which is really cool and it's, it's actually a skill set of mine that i've learned as a, like a really young kid so in freshman so retro freshman year studied all that stuff and the moment i became the uh, I was eligible to play the next year. I didn't start, but one of our studying receivers went down, I think in game one or two. And the coach looked at me and was like, are you, can you go in and play, let's say Z? And I was like, yep. Yeah. Never came out, never came out, never came out of the game. I played every single game of my, uh, my college career and caught at least one pass in every single game, which is really, really cool. It's actually a record still at Towson and, and left um, all time leading receivers. So I achieved my goal. And got to make a lot of uh, cool friends and experience cool things in college. So yeah, that's that's sick, man. I, honestly, I mean, for one, it's like it's when you're ma- when you're making that goal as a freshman, Marcus. It's sometimes like it's like damn, like you're you're really obviously making a challenge for yourself to leave with the most receptions in school history, right? And I mean, dude, Towson's. I mean, it's well respected. I'm, I'm sure this was probably before Terrence West was there, right? Yeah, this is so Terrence West came in. I want to say two years after. Okay. I graduated. Um, so when I left, the, the school was going through a transitional period as far as coaches. Yeah. And I, I, I promise you this, when they brought the new coach over, Ron Ambrose, who's still coach to this day, an amazing coach and how he's turned that program around. No disrespect to Gordy Combs. I love Gordy. I actually see him like once a year. Um, he's done a lot for me. And he doesn't look, I tell him this all the time, every single year, what are you doing? Because you look the exact same. He doesn't <laughs> age. Um, but Rob Ambrose turned that program around, you know, the first two years out of out of college you know i had a lot of friends on the team and i just remember like going to their practices and just kind of being around because i lived in the area and just being like dude rough 
And I, I think, you know, part of the, Rob Andrews apparently just changed the culture and mm-hmm. kind of weeded, you know, you know about this, like people on team who are quote unquote diseases and, you know, needed to get off the team so right. we could have a winning program. And he did. Like, I think the third year we won the conference championship. And then the fourth year, I think we went to the national championship. Yeah. We ended up losing there. But it was just so crazy. Wait, so Marcus, right out of out of St. John's, like, were you highly recruited, highly tight? Because obviously you had that goal of NC State because the family was there. But, like, talk about, like, your recruiting right out of high school. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't too highly recruited. Okay. I was, um, you know, I was looking at University of Delaware, uh, Boston College. What else was I looking at? You know, Towson, William & Mary, Dartmouth, and maybe one other school. And I really wanted to – I mean, all the schools that were interested in me – I kind of, I mean, it was cool. Like I was very humbled and I was like, yeah, I'll take anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted to go to like a bigger D1 school, like yeah. like a Maryland or NC State. You know, I visited NC State for one of my uh, my visits. It wasn't an official visit, but I had family down there. So, you know, hit up the coach, walked me around and all that stuff, which is really cool. And I was like, this is where I want to play. Right. And they didn't have any scholarship at the time. They were like, you can walk on and then earn a scholarship. But I was like, no, I want a scholarship. And yeah. so- so I wanted just to weigh my options there and went on a couple of visits to other schools. You know, Towson, again, showed me the most love, to be honest. And I was like, I mean, they stuck with me too. Like, I think I was like, I don't know if it was arrogant, but we're just kind of like looking past. It was like, no, no, no. Like, I appreciate you guys. I want to still a couple go, go to a couple of uh, programs and check yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just checked, they stuck with me. And my recruiting coach, coordinator, uh, Coach Zem, I, you know, love this man to this day. I don't know what he's doing, but, like, I, I remember committing to Towson and being like, look, this is where I want to go. I called him up, like, I'm going to commit to you. And he was like, you sure? And I was like, absolutely. I remember where I was. I was in my room. I was like, I'm doing this. This is, like, the next four or five years of my life. I'm doing it. I'm going to Towson. And I told him, I go, Zim, I promise you, you are not going to regret, uh, regret your, uh, your decision to recruit me. I promise you that. And then since then, like, I just took off. I was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to go. That's and then, awesome. And I went. That's awesome. Wait, so now, all right, so after post, post-house, and I want you to just touch a little bit about your, your the NFL tryouts, CFL tryouts, and, and I guess like, your experience with that. Because, I mean, obviously, Marcus, a lot of players, like, that's the end-all goal, right? I mean, obviously, to touch that league and touch professional. So, I guess, talk about your experience there. Yeah, so um, leaving – so graduated – or I guess I didn't graduate at the time – it was like my final semester mm-hmm. of senior year. And to be honest, it was, I mean, I didn't take any class. I took like maybe one or two classes. I had, I was pretty much graduated. Yeah. Um, and the majority of my, the bulk of my focus was on training and, um, you know, got an agent, uh, did the whole pro day thing. And, you know, my agent was like, look, you know, we're going to go to the Redskins, we're going to try out there. So he booked that um, a couple of uh, like the, what is it called? The Carolina Panthers. And the Atlanta Falcons had a chance to work out with them. They actually came up to the school individually, and I had a, got a chance to work out with them, which is really cool. And, um, I mean, to be honest, like, my, my the experience that stands out was being with the Redskins and being around, like, NFL bodies. Like, yeah. big dude, big boys. I, I, could, I, I will never forget this. I remember, you know, being on the sidelines, looking out into the field, seeing, like, these big-ass linemen. And I'd say 300 plus pounds and kind of just warming up, stretching a little bit, ready for the next play. And dude just hops down. One dude just hops down in a split, like big dude, like 300 plus pounds. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't even do that. And I'm like supposed to be like one of the limber ones on the field. <laughs> um, 
and then just seeing people, the speed of the game is insane. I remember seeing a guy from Hawaii, University of Hawaii, running a, the 40 time, I think it was like a 429, like unofficial uh-huh. 429. And I remember watching it. I was like, it literally looked like he's, they pressed fast forward. I was like, <laughs> um, so no, it, it was, it was really cool. That's the experience that stood out to me. And I remember after the tryout, um, this is when, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the quarterback, Byron Leftwich. Yeah, hell yeah. He played with us for a little bit. Um, he was a free agent, I think, from the Steelers. He might have been coming from. So he was on, he was at the. He was at Jacksonville uh, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he was there and um, he wanted to get worked out and all that stuff. So he and a couple of the quarterbacks, um, Colt Brennan, I think it was named. Colt Brennan? From Hawaii, um, from Hawaii, yeah, he was yeah. there as well, and he they were like a couple of the guys were like, "Hey, we need some receivers to to work out with." After, this is after the fact, and I was like, "Yep." So, so uh, it was me and like maybe three or four other guys and working out with them. And I remember thinking, because they want to go at a rapid pace, yeah, only three four guys. After you run your route, catch the ball, and you're and, like turn it up for a little bit. You got to like essentially jog back and do it again. I remember being so jog tired, but not like, sh- you know, like you're not physically showing. She's kind of like, all right, if I need to pass out, I'll pass out of my car or I'll Hell yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but right now this is my time to just kind of go. So I remember that being like a, such a cool experience and seeing, you know, they're used to certain depths or used to certain like things that NFL wide receivers can do that I, I just, found myself falling short of and I was like wow this is so super crazy um and yeah that, that, that that's the experience that stood out to me long story short on this end is I didn't make it and um didn't make even the CFL stuff like the CFL stuff was I almost I almost want to say like harder than the NFL stuff really um because there's only a certain amount of Americans that can play in the CFL on a specific team I think it's like yep. five guys or something like that so the spots are just like even harder to get into. So because you're fighting, really you're, cool you're basically experience. competing against not only just the Canadian guys, but strictly the American guys. You have to be like the top American guys. You, the guys who didn't make it in the NFL are competing for the, the CFL spots. So if you didn't pick, get picked up on the NFL, they're going to CFL. And I'm like, great, you know. Um, so I didn't get picked up there. Tried tried out for what did I try out for? The Edmonton Eskimos. Mm-hmm the Tiger Cats or something like they're a black and yellow team. And I think Toronto as well. And um, didn't get picked up as well. And really just hung up my cleats then. I was like, this is super hard to stay in that type of shape. Yeah. Um, and I was like, realistically, I was like, it's probably time to move on, which was devastating to me. I'm sure. And it, it sucked because like nowadays, like obviously, well, I mean, there was last year, like the XFL and the AEF and that could have been, but back then it wasn't even there. It wasn't even, it wasn't even there. Like yeah. even the XFL now, I, I got a chance to go to the uh, game this past season. And I was like, if this was around when I was playing, I would have made it in the XFL. 100,000%. I would be confident in that. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. So I mean, so Mark, what did you, what did you study at Towson? I was a kinesiology major. Um, okay. I have a degree in exercise science. Uh, that wasn't where I started, though. I started with, I think, a, a business major. Okay. And then, and then I was like, no, let's do the whole science thing. So I went to a business major and then went um, quickly to a business minor and then a pre-med major. So I wanted okay. to do pre-med major, business minor. And so I took my first economics class, and I was like, no <laughs> what am I doing? way. Right. It was so hard. So, I, so just off the economic, the econ class, I dropped it. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to go pre-med. So I focused my thing on pre-med. 
and then as I got into the harder classes, I was going to my, my counselor and I was like, I don't know if I could take on this load while doing football, like my yeah. football schedule. So I was like, what, what are my options? And because she, she was like, what do you want to do with it? And I go, well, I want to have the opportunity if I wanted to, to go to grad school. Not, not uh, medical school, but I want to become a chiropractor. I was very interested in that. So, so she was like, all right, well, why don't you just take the pre-med prerequisites and then do extra kinesiology essentially. Yep. And I was like, okay. So all the, like the, the bios, the chems, the physics were pre-med, but like the other classes were exercise science, which, you know, compared to the guys I know who took pre-med were on the easier side um, compared to their classes. So that's what I, I exercise science, uh, bachelor's in that, man. Sweet. And then obviously that, that works really well with not just chiropractic, but now with, uh, with yoga and stuff like that, obviously just knowing the anatomy and, and the scientific, um, the scientific stuff within the body. Cause honestly, sure. like, I'm opposite. Like I had no idea that I would tap into the fitness side of it. Cause I, I to your point, I was business marketing and management. So like, I think it's really good to get that structure of like the business side. Cause regardless, whatever you do, like there's a business side to any industry. Right. So it's good yeah. to have that background, but to your point, it is nice to have that, uh, the kinesiology, um, but I guess when, like, when did the interest start with yoga? And I guess like now, like you don't have to go right into pure fire, but like, just talk about the interest. Cause like, I remember like my receivers coach was like big into yoga too. So he kind of like dabbled in it with all the receivers. Like we would always do yoga right after every single practice, after all the workouts. But I guess talk about you first, like your experience with yoga just in general. Yeah. So the first experience I've ever had was I was training for the NFL and a couple of teammates of mine were like, Hey, you know, let's take this yoga class, hot yoga class. And I've always wanted to try it always, always, but I'd never had the, like, I didn't want to go by myself. Like I always wanted to go with a person. Like I needed that push. Yeah. And um, so a couple of teammates of mine were like, all right, let's go. And I was like, yes, okay, let's go. And so we, we, uh, we get there, the room's packed and, and packed is like 40, 50 people mat to mat. And, and this is, this is like, this is not, well, oh, I thought it was just me laying around stretching as a recovery, and it just wasn't the case, bro. I'm telling you, it was the first in the first like five minutes of class. I thought I was going to die. Like uh -huh. it was, it was like a not even a joke. I was sweating, I was breathing heavy. We were holding a pose called Down Dog, and I was pretty good for the first like I don't know, 15, 30 seconds until we got into like maybe a minute or plus. I was just like, like this is not okay. Yeah, and um. It was a 90 minute class. I flopped around the class. And, you know, at that time, I thought I was in the best shape of my life, in the best shape of my life. Um, because, you know, I'm training to compete at, the, at a very high level. And it just wasn't the case. It just humbled me tremendously. And, and you know, the class actually is, didn't, want, didn't um, how do I say this? Like, it's not what got me to stay. With yoga, it's actually what I felt and experienced the very next day. My body felt rejuvenated. It felt, mm. you know, like it was dipped in the fountain to use. I felt the range of motion. I felt healthy. It was insane. Um, what helped tremendously as well is the teacher that I took, he used to be a football coach. So he put it in language that I understood. He didn't use fancy Sanskrit. It was just like you and I are talking. It was very relatable, right. um, which, which I thought was really helpful for me in my first experience. And that's really how it started. And, you know, I kept on practicing yoga maybe like once or twice a week just to kind of stay, stay with it along with my training. And I graduated when the housing market crashed. And um, so there's no jobs. I, like I had to make it pro or like 
I yeah. didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And so I didn't make it pro. Um, my the teacher was like, he owned the studio. He was like, kept on texting me. He must have been texting me for like four or five months saying, hey, I think you should sign up for our teacher training program. Mm. And I was like, and I was like, nah, nah, nah. I'm good. I'm a good, like, good practitioner. Um, and like, I got fed up. Like, I honestly, I got fed up with the job. I ended up getting a job at BMW of Annapolis. Okay. And so I started selling, selling, selling sales guy. Yeah. Okay. I was, I can I was, see, okay. I car, okay. Dude, I was a car salesman. Like, can you I see can me? See, yo, you have the personality for that. <laughs> dude, I love car, love cars. And I was like, I was just stoked to have a job to be honest. But like, as the job went on and it just, I just found it was just wasn't for me. It was like 12 hour days of being in the same location. Yeah. You know, the, the, the best part about the job for me is like lunchtime when I could just put a dealer plate on any car I want and go out to lunch. <laughs> and I would just do, I would just get the sickest cars and you know, young guy, I'm already dressed up. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really, really fun. Um, but kept on texting me throughout that period of time, checking in on me. And I was like, you know, I'm going to quit my job and then I'm going to move up back up to Baltimore. I'm going to figure it out, enroll myself in the teacher training program. Let's go. And 10 plus years later, like <laughs> I'm still doing it. It's, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been hard. It's been a, like a grind and it still is a grind. Um, but I wouldn't trade it. It's so much fun. I'm having so much fun with it. That's awesome. Wait, so how long did you stay at BMW? Like, was that like a quick stint or like, Oh, I was there for maybe four or five months. Oh, okay. Five, like, yeah, I think, yeah, four or five months. And I got a chance to meet a lot of cool people. Mm -hmm. but what I found really cool was, you know, the managing, the managers took a chance on me because everybody on the sales floor were, was either in the industry for a long period of time or had owned their own car dealerships and then transferred to the, the sales position because I guess that's more fun, less responsibility. I don't know. But uh, so I was the youngest guy. They just liked me because I was a former athlete. I guess I had a great personality. And I brought an energy to their team that was like yeah. maybe just exciting. Yeah, I'm sure contagious a little bit too, which is a good thing. Especially being yeah, a until guy. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, guys, I got <laughs> to go. Thank you so much. I appreciate the the lunch cards and then <laughs> the, the lunch cards. I was actually in the commercial there to help, um, which was really cool. A friend, a couple of friends of mine were like, "Were you on TV?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it was like a big deal for me. I was, I was on TV." Oh man, that's awesome, dude. Um, so I guess wait, Mark. So Mark's now. Uh, so after you left BMW, now now you got went into that teacher. Um, you went and kind of that program. I guess now talk about like the growth and I guess start tapping into like Pure Fire and how that kind of all got all started and stuff. Yeah, sure. So I was teaching in Baltimore. So I moved back up to Baltimore. I was teaching in Baltimore for about I want to say four years, three four years at a studio called. Lifeline Power Yoga that then transitioned into Sid Yoga, which is now called something different. It's called Four Warriors uh, Yoga, which is really cool. My buddy and uh, close friend of mine, I call him my little brother. He owns that studio. Mm -hmm. um, so I got a chance to teach up there and, and really travel too. Like there was an opportunity for me to, to uh, work in Nashville and work with the studio down there. So I took that, took full advantage of that, which was super fun. Shakti Yoga, shout out to you guys and our Shakti Power Yoga. And um, three years goes by, a good friend of mine who I used to play college football with and high school football with got him into yoga. And he was teaching at the same studio I was up in Baltimore and he moved back to the DMV area or the, uh, like the area, he's from I think like Upper Marlboro or something like that. Okay, that area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we moved back, he worked for a company called Down Dog Yoga. And I remember, 
getting a chance to, like coming back home, getting a chance to take his class at the, on the Georgetown location. And I turned to him and I was like, after class, I was like, dude, what have you been doing? Um, because his teaching was so much better uh, than what I experienced up in Baltimore. Like, again, we were like wet behind the ears, teachers didn't know, just kind of like fumbling through, which to some degree I'm still doing. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like the class I experienced was like just night and day. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, and he was telling, speaking really highly of down dog yoga. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I was thinking about moving back to this area in general. So maybe I can you know, apply there and work there and teach there. Cause I would love the mentorship, love the training, et cetera. Move back down to the area. So I worked with a, uh, for down dog for a little over five years. Um, probably a little bit more than that, I think. And, um, saw and experienced what he experienced. The community is amazing. The teaching team, um, the teachers there were super cool. They, they, you know, they kind of welcomed me with open arms. The community was, it was, it was challenging to transition from the Baltimore community to like the community around here. They're just different. And growing, growing up a shy kid, just it's like, I want everybody to like me. I'm like, I want you to like me. I hope I'm okay. So on and so forth. But I got, I mean, learned so much there i can't speak i, I can't speak any highly of uh, or i'd like to speak super highly of that community the leadership there as well of how they how they train their people and how they take care of their community so that was really really cool um i transitioned out of down dog about two and a half years ago i okay. think it might have been and uh, when i transitioned out the company was going in a different direction which i was uh super grateful that they are going um and i was like cheering them on and what that meant for me was me taking a step back and um and then kind of figuring things out on my end like do i want to stay in the industry do i want to switch industries um like what do i want to do and to be honest i was kind of burnt out at that particular point um i was the i think the gm of the company which that mean which that means you kind of oversee all the all four locations. I got a chance, uh, the opportunity to open up their Clarendon location, the Virginia location, which okay. is really cool. And um, but at the time, I was just like, I don't know if I'm gonna go back to this yoga thing. It's just, Ugh. it's drain. It's just draining. It's it's. Uh, I felt like I never had a break, at all, like zero. And granted, what I was doing was super fun. Um, a lot of the back end stuff. A lot of the customer service stuff, a lot of the marketing things, um, on top of teaching at, I think I was at the time I was thinking at teaching at three of the four locations. So on top of teaching and practicing, it just, it was just so much. Yeah. It was just so much. And by like the weekend, you know, the weekends in the boutique fitness floor are like banging. So like, it's like a surge of, of people super excited to be in the studio, which is really exciting. Um, but I, I remember thinking, I go, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And so I took a month off. I literally took a month off. I didn't work, trying to figure things out. I got a chance to meet family or see family in North Carolina and slow down, like really just slow down. And I remember thinking, I had this one thought of being like, I forgot what I was doing, but I remember the thought happening of you are, you are in the right industry and you're doing exactly what you need to be doing, like in, in my gift, essentially. So that was a thought in your head. Yeah, thousand yeah, percent. Okay. I've had, I've, I've actually had like three or four times experiences like that in my entire life with, with yoga. And I've, so I've been teaching since 2009. So it's mm -hmm. like 2020, so like three, like 
experiences is like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing um and it's coming in the form of teaching yoga and in that community like i can i'm sure if it was something else i'd be somehow in my gift in that way as well but i was like yeah let's let's figure this out um a buddy of mine had a gym and um he he was like hey marcus i'm not sure what you're doing right now like i didn't even reach out he reached out to me yeah like if if you want if you want to you know you know teach or you know take your private clients here you're welcome to use this space and utilize it however you want and that's essentially what sparked uh pure fire at the time it was called vinyasa house um so that was a pop-up that was supposed to be then feed into pure fire and and then yeah like literally just it, it just literally started with an idea um great support around me and like like i'm stubborn as i'm stubborn <laughs> like i'm like it goes back to that whole thing in college where i was like if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be the best at this yeah and and i'm not saying I'm, i want to be the best at yoga but i want to i want to be able to do this to the best of my ability mm-hmm. and keep trying and keep pushing the boundaries and 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 seeing things and things, a lot of things that I saw in the industry worked well and a lot of things that I thought could evolve, um, especially in the work environment. I think the work environment and how people uh, viewed working in yoga studios or, or being a part of yoga communities, I just thought I saw it differently. And it's probably no different from my, my background as an athlete and being in the right. locker room and you know, being around everyone and then and, and treating you know, people a certain way, it just, I saw it very, very differently. And which is why what I'm practicing now with Purifier and it seems to be working. Um, But yeah, man, I'm stubborn. I'm like, let's just do this. I want to do this to the best of my ability. There's a need for it. And, um, and, you know, it's really cool to see people being like, reach uh, reach out and say, hey, I really love what you're doing. Uh, Thank you for this. Thank you for Mm -hmm. that. Um, It's also really cool to see uh, if I'm, to be honest, it's, it's really cool to see when I don't get the great feedback and it shows me and exposes things that I can either work on or could be more clear at articulating. Right. So almost like that month kind of lets you refresh and take a step yeah. back and kind of re, like, realign the focus. And then obviously the opportunity with that, with the open space kind of helped as well. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So, I mean, obviously in, in Marcus, I guess for people that don't know much about yoga, like talk a little bit about like your basic, basic yoga of like, to your point, maybe it's a lot more sitting down, laying down stretches versus hot yoga and power yoga. Because I know there's so many different avenues. And the class I took of yours, dude, kicked my ass too. So, like, I guess, like, even just talk a little bit basis of, like, just for general people that don't know much about yoga. There's so many different styles of yoga practice. And I think, um, at least over the, over the years in my experience, the style of yoga that a person first gets introduced to and enjoys is typically the style that they'll kind of carry with them. Um, although I have seen a lot of in, uh, scenarios and talk with a number of people who first tried a yoga class, absolutely hated it, tried a different yoga class, absolutely hated it, and then tried another yoga class and then stuck with that. So there's there's many different styles. There's like there's vinyasa, power vinyasa, hatha, ayengar, ashtanga. There's, there's so many different um, traditions. And the tradition that I uh, was trained in and teach to this day is uh, hot power yoga. So hot power vinyasa, which I would consider more athletic uh movement more yeah. dynamic uh up and down twist turning you're upside down which i love and it reminds me a lot of really how i played like yep. how like playing football the physicality of it which i really appreciate and a lot of people get their work out in this style of yoga not to say they don't do it in other styles um but it, they seem to really get 
a good sweat and like yeah. I, it kicks my ass every single time like even like, i practice at home now like i practice my podcast i practice friends classes um and i'm like it's it never to me it never gets easier never and it's i'm not trying to achieve any type of pose but it's a way for me to take time to be present with myself and tussle with a lot of things that i'm going on like like a lot of doubts or just uncertainty or when I feel most confident, I feel great in this pose. And so it's like a reflection of how I am off the yoga mat, on the yoga mat. I like that. I like that. All right, sweet, man. So I guess for people, like, if you don't know much about yoga, like definitely check Marcus' spot out in Bethesda. It's a dope spot. Um, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, but Marcus, for you, I have a couple more questions, but I want to know sure. your thoughts. Like, obviously, now you're kind of tapping into like entrepreneurship, like owning your own business. So I guess talk about like what you learned from being an athlete that's helped you transition into like now being an entrepreneur. Work ethic, working with people, and communication, I would say. I think those are the top three. Uh, the work ethic aspect, you know, I think you and I are no stranger to. It's just, for me, it was embedded into me as a kid. Like, I yeah. just, that's all I, that's all I knew. That's all I know now. And, you know, the direct result is whatever I'm trying to go after. So, for example, as, as a kid, get in the weight room so you'll get stronger got in the weight room, got stronger, and it translated onto the field. Gain weight, lift weights, so when I got hit, it didn't hurt. Yeah. Did that. You know what I'm saying? So, so, it's, so the translation for me is, um, is just working hard, uh, like the back-end stuff or recruiting or uh, making sure the, uh, the community is taken care of, making sure the team is taken care of first and foremost. And... Um, it's just all I know. And the communication aspect, dude, like, you know, working with different types of personalities and different yep. people is coming from different backgrounds. We're motivated by different things. Like I got a chance to, to experience that when I, so I captain all of my teams, my high school team, I was a captain, my college team I was a captain as well. So I got a chance to work with different person, like strong personalities yep. and get everybody on the same page. At least I thought, um, so we can then move into the same direction to achieve the same result. Um, so they, that, that I've learned a lot of communication strategies and ways that I, I think could effectively communicate with my team and just with people. It's no different. Honestly, yeah, I, I yeah. treat it as no different from growing up. Um, and what I see a lot of when I am evolving and growing in my leadership, mm -hmm. those so the communication is always, it needs to be there. Um, I think transparency is helpful. Yeah. Uh, why things are happening, why certain decisions need to be made. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm just saying it's, 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 it feels like I'm playing football, but my field is my yoga studio business. That's real. And, um, and then, and then like the, I guess my opponent is really just myself. And it's, it's, you know, I, I get, that a lot of people can look at the competition around and we're competing against other businesses. But I like to think that the world and especially yoga and what we do is abundant. And, mm -hmm. and the more you're probably, you know, appreciate this, like the more we do and give and, and love um, and not coming from a scarce mindset, the more we can actually help. That's so real, man. And, and dude, to your point, like the, it, the abundance, I think it, it, that that point is so critical because I think it gets easy to like start looking at the competition. Cause right. Like when you're, especially when you're younger, like, you're like, damn, like I want to make this amount or I see someone down the street that's doing it this way. Like you feel like you want to do be in that comparison mindset, 
But as soon sure. as you realize, like, hey, they have their own twist. Like, they're not Marcus Lee. Like, they're not Matt Choi. Like, at the end of the day, they have something that they're bringing different to the table. And that's what mm -hmm. makes them different, right? Like, I think people attract that, you know? I couldn't agree with you more. I think, I think what I have going on is, no, is, is nothing to do with what you got going on or what, you know, some other people have going on. I think if we stay in our gift, if we, if we stay in our lane, if we, if we continue to draw out the best version of ourselves, it's just, it's, it's going to come out differently. It's like our unique thumbprint that we then, you know, put into our work, our businesses and the, and the people that we got a chance to get a chance to serve. 100%. Um, Marcus, talk a little bit about, because like, obviously, you know, when I asked you like, hey, what did you study in school at kinesiology? Like that doesn't necessarily have much to do with yoga. But like, I guess talk about, I mean, it, obviously it does a little bit, but talk about like getting into different avenues that you don't necessarily like go for, in, to, like, that you don't study for in school, right? Because I know sometimes like people like, they're like, hey, I, I went to school to be an accountant or like they feel like they're stuck in only uh, like pursuing that. I guess talk about like how you could find yourself wiggling and like getting into avenues that you probably wouldn't have ever thought. I think, it, I think it's, you know, it's, it goes from person to person. So I, I don't know, it, but I think what I've found helpful is just listening, just like listening to what I enjoy doing, what I start, what I think about all the time, what I spend my time on period. And typically it revolves around what I'm doing now. Um, I, so I think if a person, you know, studied, for example, accountant, and they don't want to be an accountant, like maybe just check in with themselves and say, you know, what do you spend your like, time on? Or what do you mm -hmm. spend your time thinking? What do you feel most happy? And is there a way you can turn that into uh, either a business or a hobby or, you know, just something that just makes you happy on the, on the side? Like, I think there's many different ways and avenues if we just kind of pause and take a listen to our own self, we have the answers. I like that. I like that. I, I, I think sometimes people get stuck in like, you know how you do when you get your day to day, like kind of when you're at BMW probably, cause I, I worked corporate for a year and a half before I even got into the fitness industry. And I think like, you know how like, do you get so busy with work that like, you're like, it's almost like when you get home, like you don't feel like, you don't feel like tapping into a new business. All right. Like, but I think to your point, when you find that you start tasting things that you do like and you enjoy and that it, it, it lights a fire inside, like, you're more willing to put some time into it. And I think for anyone listening, like that's like my biggest piece of advice would be like, just, just taste different things. And before you know, if you, yeah. don't like it, you don't like it and you still have your job that you're doing. But I think like the sooner you find something that you like outside of what you just do on your day to day, you can start tapping into that. Thousand percent. And again, I, mean, I, I think, look, I, that's, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, there's somebody once told me a while back, a couple of years back of, like how how do you become happy mm. and um and and one of their suggestions was just take a moment to pause and think about what you're grateful for yeah. and um that's kind of just tied into like what i start thinking about what am i spending my time on and what do i enjoy doing like i love cars bro like i i work on my car kind of um all the cars that i've had aesthetically look great i tell you what like uh like i have so i have a I have a Jeep Grand Cherokee right now that looks like a beast. It's lifted to the sky, <laughs> big tires, tinted out. looks uh -huh. so cool. Um, but if you look under the hood, it's a V6 engine. I'm like, whatever. Because I didn't want to – I've had a V8. I've had uh, – I don't know why I'm going on this tangent, but I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I had a V8, like, Hemi car, which was just a monster. Um, but I can't work on cars. Like, I, don't know, I can wash them. I can change my oil. I can – 
you know, I, I can paint certain stuff, but uh -huh. like outside of like like engine, actual proper engine stuff, no way. So I guess spent a, time, a lot of my time thinking about car, not a lot, but like a decent amount of time in the past thinking about cars, but I knew for a fact I wasn't going to be a mechanic, 100%. <laughs> I just like liking and looking at the stuff um, and then riding in the stuff. So it makes me feel so like you want to You want to ride something that looks aesthetically pleasing and, and that you enjoy, I think, right? I mean, there's no, hey, dude, the funny thing is, after this, like, probably like 30 minutes, I'm, I'm actually going to be washing my car because I was like, you know, it's sunny out and it's not raining in a couple of days. Nice. Yeah. It's so I was nice, like, bro. I was funny, I'm like, I'm gonna, after Marcus's podcast, I was like, I'm, I'm going to probably go wash my car after this. <laughs> wash it, you know, maybe put a little quick wax on it. Like, I might do mine too. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it's nice. It's windy out. So, like, the, the maybe the water mm -hmm. air dried on its own, you know? That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, to be honest, like, I like, I'm not sure if you do this yourself, but like, when it's clean, I like looking at it and just like, wow, it's like, it's like an instant gratification. I'm like, that looks good. I don't it know. Does, if, yeah. I, I don't know if other people do that as well, but I'm like, oh, this looks so cool. Dude, it is nice. Dude, honestly, like in, in, when you have like, dude, when you have nice things that like, you want to maintain it, right? It's like, I mean, you can go get a car wash, but it's like, now it's like, dude, like you, I think people appreciate that time. It's like you with your car and it's like, I don't know when you, when you were, when you appreciate some things, I think you uh, take more time to do it, you know? Yeah. A thousand percent. Um, last question. The, that you brought up instant gratification. I want you to talk a little about that. Like, what are your thoughts on instant gratification versus delayed gratification and how that maybe played in, in your life and your just your career and your journey so far? I think there's room for both. I think there's ways I um, experience instant gratification, like washing my car or cleaning my place or, you know, when I finish yoga practice, like that feeling I get in Shavasana of completing something or like I you know I've been training a lot in quarantine and thank goodness I have gym equipment at home shout out to Maddie Watkins from 202 thank you for letting me rent your gym equipment like I have a I have a, uh, a roller right here to my right and I, I just I think that feeling that I get that if I say I'm going to do something and then do it that's the instant uh, gratification in that particular regard you know I think the delayed gratification comes with a little bit more patience of and needing a vision like the vision is x like the vision is let's say to be the number one yoga brand in the world right? right and having a realistic you know timeline and then steps of how to do that that's it's a little bit will take a little bit more time um and right support etc cetera, etc cetera. so like that is more like a five-year goal or yeah. plan than than it is i'm not saying that's the goal but what i'm saying is there's certain things that I do like wash my car. That's it's gratification. I think there's nothing wrong with it. I actually also don't think there's anything wrong with delayed gratification. I just think if you're doing it for the right reasons, mm. I mean, the intention is, is right. Then, you know, thumb, both thumbs up. hundred percent. I like that. I like that. All right. So see Marcus, we're going to tap into what I call the hot takes. And this is where I kind of just throw a couple of answers, questions at you. And like, you just kind of pick up what's top of mind. All right. Let's do so, it. What's your favorite book? How to win friends and influence people. By I Dale like, Carnegie. I like that. Let me see. I think I have it right here somewhere. Have you oh. read it? Yeah, hell yeah. It's a, it's a great Unreal book. book. Unreal. I think I think both our personalities work well. I, I think honestly, Marcus, I think you and I both live through a lot of this stuff day to day. But when you read it, you start appreciating like tactically applying it. It's so crazy to even have conversations with people and then and then and then applying the things that I learned in the book. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it works so much better. That's real, man. That's real. So I mean, I know, dude. You both, both of us are pretty good shape. So I want to know your favorite, like, cheat meal slash, like, top fast food type of spot that you like. That's your go-to. Ooh, cheat meal. 
that sounds exciting. Um, <laughs> I fairly, I fairly eat clean. Um, but if I'm if I'm gonna go for something, I don't even consider sushi bad. I just like I like sushi. Like I, I mean, I don't go, I don't really go to McDonald's. Like oh, I love Big Macs. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a Big Mac. Um, I think Popeyes is fire, but I couldn't tell you the last time I had that. Like uh. I don't know if I'm a good, not even ice cream, like chocolate. Okay. I think chocolate is a, it's a good sweet of mine that I've been eating recently. Um, do you yeah, still on the health? Do you, do you try like the dark chocolate? Or are you like, are you going milk? Like just saying, this is my dark chocolate, bro. Like, All right. The cacao, the cacao, like 60% above. I even like the 95%. Like, like that's so, it's so bitter, but I'm like, this is kind of good. It, it, dude, it's funny you say that, man. Cause like um, my mom actually, she's going like keto. So like, she's like got, gotten a lot of dark chocolate. Dude, she's got a hundred percent cocoa. Margaret, when I tell you, it's bitter. You, you, you take a bite of that, and you go. You, you have one of those Bruh, shower faces. Like my face is cringing every time I even <laughs> yeah, taste. I bet. I, I only need a little piece. A little piece. I bet. I bet. <laughs> oh my god, I like that. Um, all right, last one I got for you. Favorite athlete of all time. And in sport, whatever sport, like you, you decide. Cause I know there's too many to choose from. <laughs> all right, so the one that off the top of my head that came to mind because he's he a big influence for me was Jerry Rice and. Um, what I appreciated about him was he didn't come from a big school. His work ethic was off the charts mm -hmm. and he was slow. He was a slow receiver and I was a slow receiver. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if Jerry Rice can do it, then I can do it. Um, Hell yeah. So, so Mississippi Valley City is the, the school, the college he went to. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming from a smaller school too. So why not? So he was, he had a significant influence in my, uh, my, you know, childhood and my, you know, inspiration to do, really great things and cool things in football. Yeah, that's, I like that answer, man. That's dope. That's dope. All right, sweet. So that's the hot takes, Marcus. Um, next, I just want to – a chance for you to that now. Um, best way for people to reach out to you, whether it's social media, and obviously I want you to tag in Pure Fire here as well, but I guess your personal account that, that people can reach out to? Sure. Um, you can – the best way to reach out to me is on Instagram, at Marcus Lee Yogi, M-A-R-C-U-S-L-E-E, -E, Yogi, Y-O-G-I. Uh, DM me. Uh, follow me, hopefully. If you, if you like my content, um, getting on this TikTok thing. So if you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm starting to venture out into that. So same thing, Marcus the Yogi. Okay. And yeah, shout out Purifier. Purifier, at Purifier Yoga um, on Instagram as well. Purifier Yoga, perfect. All right, sweet. I'll definitely, I'll put those in the show notes. If anyone wants to reach out to Marcus, Instagram, TikTok, and also his business account on Instagram as well. All right, last thing I have for you here, Marcus, is the final take. Um, this is basically where I just leave it to you. You kind of leave the audience with, However you want to finish the podcast, whether it's with a question, motivation, um, encouragement, something that's been on your mind since we've been in quarantine, you can kind of take it from take it to the floor here. Thank you, Matt. Um, let's see. And I know it's a loaded question, so take your time. No, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's a great question. I think, you know, during this time, I have found, so this has been on my mind for a little bit during this quarantine of how I stay motivated. And I'm curious of how people stay motivated during this time. I'm not sure what people's living situations are, their financial situations are, their work situations are. Um, but what I find super helpful during this time, so I'll ask myself the question. So hopefully people who are similar could get something out of it, mm -hmm. is um, keeping myself on a regiment, uh, trying to stay as productive as possible and doing a lot of the things that I really enjoy doing, i.e talking um, to my friends on the phone, working on my business, um, fumbling around with this social media stuff. I live alone, so I, you know, 
I'm by myself a lot throughout the day. Um, So really that, I think whatever you decide you want to do and um, that makes you happy, just, I would just say, just do it. If if you have the luxury to do it, just do it. Or just a couple moments, just do it. Um, Oh, actually, this is actually all that blah, blah, blah talk. This is where I actually really wanted to start. Not that I'm thinking about. This is actually what I really wanted to say is if you get motivated to do whatever you want to do or just forget, like you lose motivation, three things that you're able to do. Pause, that's one. Two is take a breath. And then three is remember why you're there. So pause, take a breath, remember why you're there. You will be unstoppable if you put those into action. Mm. I like that, man. You heard it here first, man. Thank you, Marcus, being an awesome guest here, taking your time out of your schedule to be here. This is the Athletes Marathon Podcast. My name is Matt Short, and we are signing off. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guests, so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website. Head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com, and if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.